Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. Now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. And I'm joined today for the first time by Andrew Keane, Head of Content, Energy and Resources at uh, Edison Group. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, well, um, energy transition. I mean, we're heading at different speeds, depending on which country we're in and, and whether we change our minds about the speed, um, towards net zero in, in the next few decades. What does it mean for investors if they're wanting to invest in energy i mean it, it used to be so much simpler well i say simpler i mean energy has never been very simple but you know at least we were talking about you know fossil fossil fuel now there is just so much choice where do investors you know, how do they think about investing for the future simon you're right it, it has become a lot more complex it used to be you you either you either bought an oil producer or a coal producer and, and that was sort of part of your energy portfolio mm-hmm. but but clearly as as you say that, that it's not only the, the the general climate environment but also the policy environment now that means that those industries are in long-term structural decline um so there really won't be a lot of growth in in end use in in uh, oil and gas and and uh uh, and in um, coal, really, for, for multiple decades. And that's either, as you say, it's 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 uh, net zero by 2050 as, as a general government and corporate policies, uh, but all, but also things like, you know, UK ban on on vehicles and uh, and, and the EU has a fit for 55 uh, a policy where, you know, it's cutting greenhouse gases by 55% by 2030. So there's a range of policy uh, environments that that mean that that the whole energy landscape is now changing. Um, and does that so? Before we move we move away from the the, the traditional um, uh, companies that you're talking about, then which you say are in structural decline, does that mean most investors should just ignore them, or or not? No, I think you know they're, they're very cash generative. I mean, it's interesting actually because I think some of those companies are are in themselves acknowledging that they don't have a long term future. Um, I, I know that sounds like quite an extreme thing to say, but you know, oil and gas companies, the industry as a whole, used to spend about ninety percent of its cash flow on reinvesting in in future growth. Now that number, according to the latest IEA numbers, uh, is now less than fifty percent. Um, so they're using their cash flow to buy back stock and pay dividends, but but they're not really directing it towards developing um, long run sources of, of, of hydrocarbons. Um, but equally, they're not actually participating in the energy transition either. So it's less than one percent of their cash flow is going to to new technologies or or, or, or green technology. So that industry w- will become you know a very cash generative industry because of um, uh, because it, it won't be investing as heavily for the future. Um, but it, it won't necessarily be a long-term structural growth industry as, yes. as a result. 
Okay, well, um, let's just take a brief pause there and we should look at some of the, the new investment opportunities that are there that didn't exist um, several years ago. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors on Share Radio, where I'm talking to Andrew Keen of Edison Group. So uh, let's talk about some of the um, the companies then that, re- that replace them where it is possible to to um, invest. So we'll talk about what wind, solar, um, presumably a few other things as well. Yeah, wind, wind and solar are certainly the big growth uh, industries. And, and in fact, more money was spent on on solar um, in capital spending uh, in the past year than, than on uh, oil and gas investments. So the whole world is is recognising this shift. Uh, and that's, that's partly because solar provides um, uh, geopolitical um, uh, certainty, um, but also it's it's also just a lot cheaper than it used to be. You know, solar was over four hundred dollars a megawatt hour in twenty ten. It's now less than fifty. So it's an incredibly competitive uh, um, uh, source of energy, and it, it it will be sort of one of the backbones of most energy systems uh, worldwide. And it's it's very much been a growth industry uh, in in the UK. There are a lot of innovative um, you know investment trusts looking at at, at solar. Uh, it's naturally an industry with a different capex profile and a different sort of industry structure. So it's it's a really interesting, innovative, uh, smaller um, uh, sector uh, that, that that I think investors should be interested in. Mm. And so, what are considerations investors have to contemplate before deciding to invest? Are they better off trying to find individual companies? We talked about before, you know, investing in individual companies in the oil and, yeah. and gas sector. Are they better trying to find companies or better off using collective vehicles? Because presumably it's quite a complex field. And as you say, often prone to changes in policy decisions by governments. It, it is a complex field. And I, and I think the interesting thing in the UK, where, where the UK has been particularly innovative is, is because of its investment stru- trust structure. So there, there are management teams who are very skilled and very able to funnel that capital into uh, into not only solar but also other energy transition uh, technologies uh, as well. So I think that's a really interesting growth area um, uh, for investors as a as a sort of a long term energy hedge. Where, where there's been sort of less um, less interest is actually in the material side of the energy transition. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's there's less in terms of critical materials and processing. We, we will need a lot more batteries, and there are mm. certainly a lot of battery firms now uh, looking at um, helping shift power around. Um, but where the UK is a little bit behind is in funding uh, the materials required for that. We will need a lot more lithium, a lot more rare earths, a lot more yes. other materials. I mean, is it is it true that China, despite being one of the world's biggest polluters, got a march on everybody else by snapping up so many of the important materials that are needed for battery production it it has it has and it, that's partly because the, you know prior to the current boom um it wasn't profitable so the chinese were, were 
really entered into a market mm. where um, uh, things like rare earths processing was very profitable for them, um, but also solar manufacturing. I mean, I think China has also seen it as a long-term strategic source of energy. Um, the, the, the upsides to that is it's brought tremendous scale and that's helped sort of the economics of things like, like solar panels. I think that the critical thing now is to make sure that energy, any, uh, any critical value chains are slowly having China removed from them, whether that's processing of materials. Most of the world's lithium at the moment is, is still processed in China. So I think that there's that policy push to say that if we're, if we're shifting away geopolitically from, uh, from oil, uh, we don't want to create these other these other issues around uh, other materials that are yes. critical for for different uh, uh, different technologies. Um, and I'm quite intrigued um, because we often hear that developers complain, uh, and we wind farm developers complain they can't get connected to the national grid. Now we've got a national grid that can barely cope with what it's got at the moment. If we are, excuse me, changing the entire country to using um, solar and wind powered electricity are we actually going to be able to cope with the transition in any case and if we aren't does that make the oil and gas companies look more interesting for the time being than we're currently considering them to be there's lots of building blocks that need to be put in place so you're exactly right so not only do you have to have generation a lot of the generators are complaining they just can't get into into grid networks Um, and then of course it's, it's it's well known now that EV charging infrastructure is something that will require a significant amount of investment um, um, as uh, as we we force people to to, to shift uh, into uh, electric vehicles. And most of those problems are solvable problems, um, so they just require changes to planning, changes to um, uh, to to, to uh, general acceptance of, of things, because yes. uh, that you know there, there has to be quite a significant amount of change in those areas. Yeah, my government is so good at changing planning regulations. Um, well. <laughs> it's so adept. <laughs> and I'm intrigued. The, the thing that I was, um, uh, I'm always intrigued by is, is, is storage because, you know, we know, especially in the UK, sun and wind power are intermittent. So where are we with the battery, the storage, you know, so that when the wind and the sun are actually helping, that's fine. But if they're not, how do we then cope? Is the storage uh, ability improving or are we still some way away from that? It's certainly improving, um, and naturally, that the, the the end state solution is is always a mixture of technology. So it will always require some baseload power, some uh, nuclear, um, uh, some. And, but you, you're you're exactly right that um, if the wind doesn't blow, or you don't generate wind energy, and and, and solar energy only works for a certain part of the day. Um, so battery energy storage, the cost of of lithium iron technology. Um, has, has fallen significantly. Um, so it's now a viable technology for shifting a certain amount of an energy from you know, peak periods when, when it's generated, which is typically in the daylight, to peak periods uh, in, uh, of demand, which is typically at night. But it's, it's fair to say that there will be a range of solutions, including pumped hydro, uh, non-battery energy um, storage, if, if, uh, if that's viable, um, and then a mixture of of, of uh, generation types as well. That's absolutely fascinating stuff, Andrew. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. I've been talking to Andrew Keane, Head of Content, Energy and Resources at Edison Group. Uh, that's it for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.